It's Mile High Magazine. We're glad to be back with all of you guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you're having a good weekend. Hope you're staying warm, a little chilly out there. You're staying safe from COVID-19, the mask, the washing of the hands, and separation. It's all important. I caught a video the other day, and I had to reach out to the guys in charge of the Center for Snow and Avalanche Studies. And joining me, I'm lucky to have him, is Executive Director Jeff Derry. Jeff, how are you? Pretty good. How about you? Well, doing real fine. I caught this video about some of the work you do, and I'm going, holy cow, that's fascinating stuff. And I'll bet I've been in Denver a long time and never heard of you guys, and maybe there's a lot of others are the same. So let's start right off. What is the Center for Snow and Avalanche Studies? Where are you located, and what do you do? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a lot right there to take yes, on. Yes, it is. But <laughs> I bet it is. We are, uh, we're a small nonprofit. And we're located down in Silverton, Colorado, which I don't know if you know where that's at, but that's if you go north of Durango about an hour, um, that's where Silverton is. And we have a research study basin. Uh, we call it a, a study watershed, and that's at Red Mountain Pass. Red Mountain Pass is just outside of Silverton here, again, um, the high San Juan Mountains. Beautiful as high San Juan Mountains yeah. they are. Beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful down there. Oh, geez, yeah. it's, just, it's just incredible. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where I work. So in our, in our study basin, it's a, it's a, it's a high elevation um, study basin, meaning we're at the headwaters of four major watersheds. Um, so, you know, the outlet of, our, of, our, of the watershed is around 11,000 feet. You know, the high point is about 13,500 feet. So we're wow. up there. Yeah, you're up there. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, exactly. And in, in, in the watershed, we do a lot of monitoring. We have three um, climate stations that are highly instrumented, and they collect just all kinds of information, as you could imagine, everything from snow depth, precipitation, air temperature, plus the entire energy budget of the snowpack. We, we're really... Um, we do a lot of research in, in, in wintertime studying the snowpack, and um, we, we collect a lot of data and information pertaining to the energy budget of the snowpack and what makes the snowpack evolve over the, over the course of the season and what makes it melt. Well, that's important information. I mean, the snowpack is pretty vital to those that live in Colorado when it comes to water. Am I right about that? Oh, completely. Um, you know, snow is the lifeblood uh, because water is lifeblood. Uh, roughly 80% of our water in the streams comes from the snowpack. And so you can imagine, you know, the snow is just absolutely crucial to our livelihood. And just it's just existing here in the, in, the, in the dry desert southwest. Yeah, exactly. And how are we doing this year? I, I see a lot of drought information still up there. So are we struggling a bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not that. It's you know we're not as bad as it could be, but um, you're right. We're struggling. You know, we went into winter in drought already. The monsoons didn't come through for us again. Uh, so we came in with very dry soils. Um, you know, extreme drought, and we're still in extreme and exceptional drought uh, currently. And we just haven't had the big snow events that we like to have seen. But you know, winter's not over. You never know. It could. We can. We can see. You never know. We can see some big storms come through and give us some snow. But uh, well, never over till it's over. March and March and April are typically the snowiest months, aren't they? There's a one of there could be really wet spring storms coming that time frame, and uh, so you can you can really see some uh, 
some, some wet storms come in. Even in May, you can see some really wet snow events come in. They just deliver a lot of a lot of precip. So, you know, springtime could really turn around for us. It's just a matter of hoping, praying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, in our watershed, we dig a lot of snow pits. We do a lot of digging. We look at the snow and see what's going on and um, collect a lot of variables for researchers and for water managers. One of our, our big uh, things that we look for and that we report on is dust and snow. Yeah, and I saw that on the video, and I never even heard of something like that. And you guys, you, you could see the dust on the snow, and I'm thinking, why are they researching that? So that's why you're here. Why are you researching that? <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, well, to start off with, what, what happens or what typically happens is you get a storm in, during wintertime out of the desert southwest, you know, the northern... Arizona, southern Utah, kind of Four Corners area. It come, and a storm comes through the to the desert area there and picks up dust, picks it up, and carries that dust towards Colorado, towards the Colorado mountains. And this, typically, the San Juan Mountains are the first hit and hardest hit with these with these dust storms. Right. And so the wind deposits the dust onto the surface of the snowpack. And depending on the you know the, depending on the storm, can carry the the dust to central Colorado, northern Colorado, and, and deposit it there as well. And so throughout the season, this kind of this takes place. And once that, that dust is exposed at the surface of the snowpack, you know, let's it's, it's assume it doesn't get covered by more snow accumulation or um, snow melts down to the, snow sur- the, the dust surface, then that, that dust, you know, darkens the snow surface, and the snow surface is not as shiny and bright. It doesn't reflect the solar radiation the sun's rays. Um, it is, instead, it absorbs the solar radiation, and that makes the, the snow melt faster and quicker than it normally would have otherwise. Wow, that's, that's quite fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It is. And it, it, so water managers uh, need to know this information because they want to know when and how fast the snow is going to melt so they can manage the rivers, so they, so they can manage the reservoirs, and, and efficiently manage all water resources. And um, so we drive around the state in the wintertime, and we dig snow pits um, at mountain passes, and we assess, you know, dust conditions throughout the whole state of Colorado, not just down here in the in the San Juan Mountains. Well, that's got to be interesting. You must find every, each part of the state has got to be totally different, I would think. It is totally different. And, uh, you know, Rabbit Ears Pass by Steamboat, yeah, they, can, right. they, they can receive events um, out of Utah, from northern Utah up there, that we might not see down here. And, of course, you know, we might see a number of events that aren't seen uh, in central or northern Colorado as well. And uh, it just came to my mind, did you happen to see the news over the weekend about the dust storms out of the Sahara yeah. hitting, hitting the Alps? Yeah, I did see that. It was interesting. Did you see those pictures? Yeah, they were just, unbelievable. That was just an amazing, extreme dust event. That's dust on snow there. <laughs> and we don't, we don't get something like that here. I don't think we do, do we? It's it's rare. We have, yeah. and but it's rare. You know, um, 2009 comes to mind, and a few other years. But um, we typically don't see it that extreme. But even even a relatively, you know, moderate light uh, dust on snow event can really change. You know, 
when and how fast that snowpack melts. Uh, you know, studies have shown that you know the the snowpack can can melt, you know, up to two months earlier than otherwise because of dust. And that's not good, I suppose. That's not good. You know, you want the you know the snowpack is a natural reservoir, and you want that snowpack to stick around as late as as it can because that, then it's more available for agriculture and um, and, and needs in summertime. If it melts too early, then it's hard to it's hard to manage for one. Um, but also it kind of robs us of, of our, of our water yeah. because if the snow leaves early, the landscape early, then the plants wake up earlier and they start using, uh, water earlier in the season, which is water that would otherwise go down the stream and we would be going to our reservoirs and into our taps. Right. That's crazy. That just affects everything, doesn't it? It does. It does. Wow, um, that's, that's unbelievable. This is a... Uh, Jeff Derry, of, uh, Executive Director of Center for Snow and Avalanche Studies. When it says avalanche studies, it seems like it's in the news a lot this year. Are we having more avalanches than normal? Um, it's a high, it's a high risk year. Let's put it that way. It's a dangerous year. Um, we don't really um, dabble in avalanches much. That's more Colorado Avalanche Information Center. But they have noted this is kind of the worst avalanche conditions going back to 2012. Oh my! Just this is the way that this way the snowpack is set up this year has that just made it really dangerous. Um, our organization is more research based, and when we in our beginnings back in 2003 now, you know we we did some avalanche research, you know researching what makes an avalanche, the characteristics of an avalanche. I should I should say right. But um, what has evolved for us in terms of our bread and butter is is monitoring dust on snow because that is just so crucial. And being in the San Juans, it's it's just a great natural laboratory to study something like this, and um, and that's what pays the bills. <laughs> oh, well, it does. And speaking of that, you said you're a nonprofit. So where do you get your funding? A lot of water districts, you know, and. Um, Particularly water districts in the central and southern Colorado, because they they man, they're responsible for managing their water, and they um, they want to help us w- gather information to better inform them of how much snow is out there and and what the conditions are like for for the going into springtime. Uh, other folks like um, the Bureau of Reclamation they manage a lot of reservoirs. So they need to know this information. Um, the state of Colorado is usually a pretty good um, supporter of our organization. You know, of course, like everybody else, it's been a tight year here with uh, budget cuts and just re- reappropriating of, of budgets. Yeah, exactly. Which it's totally understandable. So has that affected you guys, the COVID-19, financially? And how about people? How many people work with your organization? Yeah, we're we're pretty we're small. <laughs> I'm the only full time uh, employee, so you know this time of year I'm out digging snow pits and looking at the snow, and in summertime I'm I'm fundraising and doing station maintenance on the weather stations and and doing that kind of work. So, and my seasonal part time guy he he works in wintertime. I uh, help help him be dig pits and taking observations. Sure, sure. Um, you know, we've been we've been fortunate in that you know, the water districts and these other uh, entities that support us have have pretty much held held true and been able to c- continue supporting us. 
some funding has dropped away, um, which I was not surprised to see. Sure, sure. But um, I hope it'll come back in the years, a couple it years will. down the road. It will. And uh, I, think we'll, I think we'll pull out of it. Now, you, you were mentioning you monitor, like, long-term climate monitoring. What are you seeing, and what does that entail? That sounds pretty complicated. You know, it, it's not really complicated. It just takes dedication. Because um, long-term is just, just that, <laughs> year in, year out. And we've been um, collecting a lot of data since 2003. So we have, you know, close, oh, getting, we're itching towards, you know, 20 years worth of data, which is, you know, you need to have at least 10 years of data before you can say anything about anything in terms of where you're collecting sure. the data at, you know, sure. at least. And we're, we're getting on 20 years, which is getting more and more uh, valuable in terms of being able to say something about, you know, the, the watershed that we're we're collecting data in. Yeah. Um, but this takes long-term commitment to collect that data because you need long-term records. Exactly. And, do you see our climate changing, do you? You know, I was born and raised in Colorado Springs, and just just living in Colorado all my life, I've, I've seen changes. And I think anybody who's been here as long as, you know, last 30, 40 years have, have seen these changes as well. You, you, you used to snow in Colorado Springs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it doesn't. I, you know, I remember having days off of school because there's feet of snow, uh, you know, covering yeah. the streets. Not because there's a couple skimming of snow and and people can drive on it because they didn't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and, know, and I moved here in '86, and I got to tell you, Jeff, I've seen the distance, we, a difference. We've seen some heavy snows when we first moved here. And now down here in the front range around the Denver area, not so much the big ones, 13, 14, 15 inches in 24 hours. I've seen that down here. Not, yeah. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. No, you don't. It's very rare. It's more rare. And so, yeah, you know, hopefully with our climate stations and other climate stations, other researchers' climate stations, um, you know, we, we could document this and, and also determine what's happening to our high mountain environments. And we also... You know, um, you know, do like something like ecology studies every sure. every few years to see how the plants are changing over time. You know, we're we're seeing some plant species move up in elevation because it's warmer and higher up. Interesting, you know, because of warming. So we're so you know, we're doing stuff like that to to assess the overall changes of the ecosystem. Well, I'm glad somebody's doing that for sure. <laughs> do you have a website where people can get more information and maybe uh, get involved somehow? Yeah, we have a couple of websites. Um, our our Dust on Snow website is kodos.org. You know, if you, or if you just want to Google Colorado Dust on Snow, that'll take you there. Okay. Um, and our other website, it contains more to our, our data and our, our watershed, and that is snowstudies.org, all one word. Um, and that should get you there. If you just Google snow studies, that should that should get you there as well. Sounds good. Um, yeah, we, we, we love to have people down in our watershed and tour them around. And um, we could always use uh, folks to, you know, shovel snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we appreciate your time here. Jeff Derry, Executive Director, Center for Snow. Keep up the good work. Very interesting stuff. I'm glad somebody's taking care of it. And keep up the good job, would you? Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. And hang on. We'll get some more of Mile High Magazine. We'll be right back. 